Hello, and welcome to Why Do the Weirdos Travel Us, the D&D podcast set in the world of Seattle. I'm your Dungeon Master, Gabby, and joining me as always are Eddie playing Tibble, Mitch playing Neris, Jake playing Fishman, and Laura playing Rue. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off, the party finalized their business on Acheron in the uh, the village of Siana before returning to the Polaris with guests, new friends, uh, Rue and Eldrin in tow on their way back to Ankathir. So, this session, we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, as the party kind of make their way back to uh, Ankathir on the island of Ialos um, to report back to their bosses in the heads of the Hydra. Uh, we're going to just cover some little little key moments here and there over the trip. Um, and it's just going to be small little one-on-one stuff, small couple of bits. Uh, there might be some larger group stuff but it's not going to be as like long form um it'll just be little pieces cut up um and it's worth noting uh at this point um although you won't see the the cards for a little bit uh the the characters after the completion of their first successful mission are now level six or I should say, first successful on-screen mission. But um, you'll you'll maybe see along the way some of the things they do with that new uh, those new capabilities, or you might have to wait a while. We don't know. Um, but let's jump into it. So, uh, Fishman, what do your kind of daily duties and your immediate uh, activities in the first day or so of being back on board look like? Um, so if we are directly going like straight after we got back, he probably wouldn't be doing too much. It would just be like debriefing, chilling out, um, that kind of stuff. But then once morning starts, that's when his routine kicks into action. Um, so it's a well-known fact among the crew that Fishman doesn't get up early. He doesn't, he, he, he sleeps in. He does not come out of his room until it's like, I want to say not close to midday, but fairly late for a pirate crew morning wise. He might even miss out on breakfast every now and then just depends. Um, but that's when Nizen's responsibility comes in. Um, Nizen is the um, the answer for that. He's the early bird. Um, so Nizen will often be up in the crow's nest, checking on how things are going. Um, if anyone was on watch, he'll usually check in with them, um, see if anything was up last night or anything like that. Um, and then he'll usually prepare a report for Fishman for when he does emerge from his chambers. Um, 
Yeah, so that that's generally how the morning goes. But when Fisherman does come out, um, he usually hits the ground running. So he'll get that report from Nizen. He'll um he'll go up to the crow's nest to check out things himself. He'll go down to the um. Now I'm not sure if we have a proper room for it. I'm looking at the map now, um, but just specifically a room for navigation, like a mapping table. Would that just be in like the war? Yeah. So yeah, for for room. mapping duties and stuff like that, you would utilize the war room typically. War room. Yeah. Yes. He often visits the war room and updates any maps, charts, information that might be necessary, weather conditions. Um, one of which recently was a magical storm. Um, for example, he would definitely note all of that down. Um, he usually writes his notes in his book that he keeps with him. And then he might tear out a page or two or transfer them onto some paper, depending on whether or not it's a lot of information or just a little bit. Um, and yeah, and then he'll probably just go around and check on everyone else and see how they're doing. Um, he tends to be someone who sees a lot of what happens on the ship and will, he won't like step on people's toes or micromanage, but if he sees if someone's struggling or if they obviously need the help or ask for it, he, he's usually the one who's like already ready to help. So let's say they, they're struggling to pull the anchor up. He'll kind of just be leaning against the, um, the word for it, I can't remember, but the bar that you push, um, kind of like a steering wheel, but uh, yeah. flat upright. The capstone. Racy. That's it. I was almost going to say, Mitch, term for it, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the kind of thing. Or um, if they're having trouble hoisting the sails or anything like that, he'll have the rope at hand, basically. Okay. So he's kind of just, I don't know, a, I don't know, omnipotent, omnipotent being. He's just he's always present, essentially, without being present. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that's how I imagine fish daily duties to go. All right. Um, and then, if anything is of concern, he will also go see Tibble or the quartermaster for to pass on those reports, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what Fishman does. All right. Um, if you want to get into details, I can keep yeah. on going. I can tell you about like his favorite lunch, <laughs> um, whether or not he has any like hair care routines. Or... <laughs> um, are there any particular things you want to discuss with uh, Nizen as your, your junior navigator off the back of this mission or? Well, yeah, there's, um, he would probably want to debrief mm. and he didn't necessarily get the chance to debrief with the entire crew in detail about his scouting. Um, but um, because of that, because most of that information isn't really necessary, they just got basically the results of the scouting, which was the effects that the ooze had on the island and how the closer to this town that we got the weirder things got but he didn't really share exactly what happened on the scouting trip or any details like that so i mean if he could come up with a report for nizen he probably yeah would share that with him because i guess nizen might be doing that 
as well, being yeah. the junior navigator. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how we want to do that. Like, if it was just me making up stuff, or did we want to do it as like an actual flashback kind of thing? Um, yeah, we can, we can, we can do a flashback. Um, just kind of. Kind of broader, but yeah. Um, so covering the the scouting that you you found out in the forest. Um, so um, when you went, we'll we'll kind of ex abstract it a bit. But um, so initially, kind of roll me a survival check to see how you kind of fared getting to the forest in the first place. Mm-hmm. Not Seven. well. Seven. No, okay. not the best. No. Not the best. So you obviously survived, but like it was a bit rough. Yeah. Getting there. Um They'll never realise that I'm actually a second ooze. <laughs> um Okay. So, um, yeah, it takes you a while, but eventually you do manage to make it to the the forest. Um, when you got there, um, I guess you would have noticed that most of the wider forest, um, at least the outer edge of it, seemed fine, except for as it approached nearer and nearer um, the settlement. Um, and as you kind of go into the forest, um, roll me an investigation check, I think. Um, something I did want to ask as well, mm -hmm. um, that's a 16 for that, by the way. Okay. Something I wanted to ask was how prepared was Fishman? Because we knew that a person was missing on this island, but is this island well visited, well documented, or well charted? Is that something uh, that Fishman would have had access it to? Is none of those things. Uh, yeah. So, so he's would... probably finding all of this out as he goes. Yes. Um, you were yeah. practically going in blind. Um, yeah. But that's that's what you do. That's why you're sent on these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, could he perhaps then have done some mapping, some yeah. topo topography maps? Yeah. Uh, do whilst you he's going along. have a cut? He doesn't specifically have any tools, which in you... hindsight is a terrible decision for the character and their role on the ship. Um, I think. Do you do you have proficiency in navigators' tools? I don't. I would like that to be a thing. However, he can play the dulcimer. <laughs> um, interesting. Um, I think <laughs> you probably should. Uh, have, yeah. Um, I think we've yet to solidify what kind of having these roles are, but I would mm. I would yeah. imagine that you probably would have navigators' proficiency. Yeah. Like, the envision for the character was more of a lookout anyways. Mm. 
and then he kind of just fit into the navigator role yeah. just because I feel like that worked better holistically. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the navigation part was an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, so that's not to say you can't use navigator's tools and you probably would have brought them with you. You just don't get to add your proficiency to it. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, so for the investigation, you pick up a lot of what you're able to um, uh, put forward to the to the rest of the um, the crew when you reunited with them. A lot of the region is fine, except for some weird bits of kind of corrupted or dead uh, vegetation that seem to be touched by something unnatural. Mm. Um, and he would have been actively using his speak with animals spell as yes. well. Um, just trying to get as much help as he can. Mm. Um, as for mapping the area out, uh, so that would, I think, just roll me a, uh, just a flat intelligence check. Ooh, flat intelligence, happily. That is a 10. 10. You get you manage to get an okay map of the area. So if you you find yourself coming back here, you'll be able to kind of e easily enough navigate this area of forest. Um, but you don't really have much in the way of detail. Um, but yeah. So and just one last survival check. Um, a survival check coming right up. Um, apologies, everyone. My rolls haven't been the best. I'm blaming D&D Beyond. I got a natural one. <laughs> um, that's a nine total, however, but I don't think that matters. Um, it does for skill checks. Skill checks, natural I, uh, ones, natural 20s aren't auto-success or auto failure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess um, I like I went to build shelter and cover myself with like leaves or something, but it was actually ooze disguises leaves. Not not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. But you maybe set yourself down on a spot that had some residual ooze um that was uh, a bit a bit of an acidic point to kind of rest down on. Um Yeah. And you had to do a bit of extra work to kind of clear that away once you kind of sat down there, burnt yourself on the acid and went like, oh, that's something. Let's, let's deal with this. Um, yeah, if then... only I had someone who could apply first aid. <laughs> Ugh, going solo sucks. Um, <laughs> And then the next the next day, uh, you would have been able to do like that last bit, little bit of exploration before catching back up with the rest of the crew, um, mm -hmm. as you did. So, um, yeah, he didn't do too well, but he made it sound like he did very well. Yes. And after, I guess, sharing all of this with Nizen, because he wouldn't leave out any details. He no. would have left in the like parts where he absolutely did stuff up. Um, he would just like lean back on the wall and go, it's not always a clean job. 
<laughs> All right. You will learn. As he coughs and gets rid of that raspy voice. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Neris, uh, what do you do when you, uh, once you've returned to the ship and everyone's kind of settled back in, uh, given you have a lot of new reading material? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Neris is. Um, he doesn't isolate himself as much, um, but he does, um, as he does occasionally, um, relinquish a little bit of the, uh, roles to his second in command. Um, however, he has made it very clear to all senior officers, um, and his two IC that if there are any quartermaster issues, he will still be, um, running as much as possible and taking notes and um, sorting out stock and, and everything like that. Um, but his primary goal at the moment is to research and find information and uh, learn, basically. His, uh, his role as the uh, ship's arcane master, basically, is now taking precedence. Um, so he's going to kind of lock himself in his room for the most part. Um, just kind of doing a little bit of reading on a couple of things. The first thing uh, he's going to go through his books uh, because when we were under the, uh, in the little undercroft under the church, there were a bunch of books that Neris kind of panickingly threw into his bag. Um, he's just going to have a quick flick through and see if there's any of those that are of interest. Um, and if there's probably not, he's going to sort of sort them in his bookshelf and then start reading through the notes on like yeah. sentient slime creation that uh, he found as well. So, yeah. So the, so you threw in the couple that you definitely knew what they were. Yes. And then there are a couple of others that you threw in just, just dragging in from the shelf was that right basically yeah um so he took um the notes he took a couple of uh books on um <clears throat> not necromancy as such but like um sentient being creation um <laughs> and there was another book with no uh, face on the cover, um, yes. which seemed to describe some sort of uh, recently ascended deity, um, which he sort of put off to the side. Uh, and then he just sort of like put a hand on the bookshelf and just kind of like shoveled whatever else he could in there. If there was something that looked nice, he just wants more books basically. Okay. Um, um, so now he's kind of sorting through those. Yeah. So skimming through the collection, it's... It's a nice little smattering of um, mostly religious-connected uh, texts. Um, so, um, discussing both uh, both usurper and prime deities. Um, 
I, I don't think I call them prime deities, but I can't remember the term I have for them. Um, but both, both the good guys and the bad guys. Uh, and neutral parties as well. Um, but it's, yeah, it's mostly religious texts, couple of things on, uh, arcane, uh, experimentation, uh, particularly to do with, uh, oozes and monstrosities. Um, and that seems to be, and a little bit of, uh, stuff of aberrant nature, um, and that seems that kind of point between ooze and aberration seems to be where this uh this experimentation that uh discovered or created the oblix stemmed from um but there are no like deep uh immediately usable secrets that you can glean from at least from a quick skim okay um yeah uh then he'll also just kind of compile all the i believe it was like loose notes that he found um mm. relating to the actual experiment yeah as such wasn't it so he'll yes. uh, he'll kind of compile those um flick through and he'll actually spend a little bit of time uh copying a few of the pages yeah and trying to like mimic the actual text design um the kind of the flow of the words um the the design of the parchment as well um and then he's going to take those copies and burn most of it and okay. keep like little scraps of it um, I will note, as you are going through and reading these notes a bit more thoroughly and copying them, uh, roll me, roll me an intelligence check. It's not great. And if you have proficiency in insight, you can add your proficiency as well. Excellent. Uh, 14 then. 14. Um, yeah, it becomes reasonably apparent as you're reading this that this was the work of the priestess. Excellent. Well... <clears throat> That's a thing. It is a thing. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's fine, and that won't have any repercussions at all. Uh, and Neris just kind of looks at this for a little bit, just kind of squints at it, and he just kind of says. Well, <clears throat> that's definitely a thing. Okay, and then just moves it off to the side. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, there is one final piece of writing 
that you were able to procure on the island. A sealed letter given to you by the mayor. Yes. Um, he is absolutely going to read that as well. And he kind of uh, takes it out and he just like taps it on, um, on the knuckles of his other hand. Um, and he's going to think for a little bit and then he's going to, his eyes will just kind of flick up to the door, make sure that it's closed, which it always is, but he likes to check. Um, and then he'll just take out his little, um, uh, gold letter opener and just pop open the seal, get himself all nice and ready. And he will begin to read. Okay. So you read the following. I want to preface this, what I'm saying here, by telling you that some of this is laced with a degree of speculation. When Rue initially arrived on our island 18 years ago, though they remained dormant until 15 years ago, during an incident in which the island was besieged by elementals, at which point they became active and took a role in helping to heal people here who were injured. Our priest at the time, Ezzet Song, took Rue in and often spoke on behalf of them within our community. Ezzet was a cheerful and caring soul and Rue was not the only one that he took in over the years. Another castaway eventually washed ashore. An elf named Hale. Hale had a gift for magic and while they weren't always the nicest, they were confident and charismatic and Rue often followed him around like a pup would its trainer. In contrast to Hale, Rue has always been a little more inconsistent with their magic, with things sometimes going awry, sometimes causing injury to those nearby. To their credit, Rue is usually quick to remedy the effects of their magic when things go wrong, though this has not tempered folks' concerns. A little over four years ago, maybe closer to five, the two were out exploring or engaged in some similar activity during a severe storm. A search party was sent out to try to find them, and while Rue was found, the only thing left of Hale was a pool of blood and the armband he used to channel his magic. Those that had discovered the site described Rue's eyes as glowing red, typically a sign that something had gone wrong with their magic. I personally do not know what happened that day. At this stage, only Rue remains alive with that knowledge, though I can speak for the danger of their magic when left unchecked. While Ezzet did his best to defend Rue from accusations of murder, there was only so much that he could say to calm people's nerves, and with Ham being brought into the equation shortly after, it became even harder to assuage folks' concerns. It may have even been because of this that Ezzet left three years ago, though this turn of events aren't without their own rumours of murder being placed upon Rue. Well, this raises questions. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, cool. Well, 
Neris is going to sort of pinch the bridge of his nose a little bit, close his eyes and just kind of like squint. Okay. <clears throat> that is another thing. Right, well, um, excellent. Perfect. <clears throat> and he will move those notes off to the side as well. Um, he'll just sort of fold the letter over and just sort of leave it on his desk. Um, and then he'll start to do a little bit more research into some other things but he keeps kind of looking over at the letter and then looking up at the door. He's going to read the letter again, slower and more meticulously. He's going to take out his notebook. He's going to write a couple of keywords. And then he's going to burn the letter. So, on board the ship, um, Tibble, is, as captain, is there anything you would like to say or do as everyone returns on board the Polaris? Um, so, I can imagine that there would be quite a lot of hustle and bustle aboard um, the ship's deck as the shore party returns. Um, so, a lot of the... Uh, Deck crew would be helping uh, hoist up the rowboats and um, helping bring on both the supplies that were collected by Neris and Tibble, as well as helping on the new guests. Um, I believe that um, some of the stronger underlings uh, would have the task of helping lift up. Uh, did we establish whether Ham was in a boat, or I think we? How did Ham it. get to the boat to the ship? Some... They were fixed behind a boat, almost. Yeah, like winches, sort of like yeah. get up, um, and they can leap a fair bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, once the, uh, quite shocked, uh, crew takes in, um, not only Tibble and Neris returning, but, um, the several new guests as well, the two new guests on top of the guests that would have already arrived, uh, with the previous boat, um, they would go about, uh, helping hoist up ham. Um, and once Tibble is on the deck, he will, uh, kind of reach out a hand to help Rue across as redundant as that seems with Rue being very tall and, uh, Tibble being very short. So he'd offer out a hand to Rue and he'd be like, ah, now dear friend, welcome to the Polaris. And he kind of gesture out to um, the deck and Rue would see uh, just this movement of all of these uh, varying races of uh, different crew members running about, all different shapes and sizes, um, all in the uh, 
hum of a post-mission revelry, um, helping make sure things are in order, um, getting things into line. Um, I'm sure a couple of them would come up to uh, Neris to make sure that all of the requisitions are going to where they need to be and to take account of um, what is there. And uh, Rue would look up and see the billowing sails and flag of the Polaris with its shimmering blue um, and its gold accents. And Tibble uh, turns to Rue and is like, well, what do you think? Acceptable for yourself and uh, young Mr. Ham? It's almost quite beautiful. Oh. This is amazing. Almost. Almost. You're breaking me heart, Rue. Well. Sorry, I should be, um, it's very, very good and... Uh, it is beautiful. Rue, I'd rather you not lie to me. <laughs> you have your opinions of me, ship, regardless of what they are, and it's my job to change them. <laughs> I think I follow, perhaps. I'd it's rather you be grand. honest with me. <laughs> I've never been aboard a ship before, so this is interesting. Well, a finer ship you nearly come across. Now, this is true, and the only ship. So definitely, <laughs> you're very correct in that statement. Sorry, I'm being strange. This is incredible. Thank you again for welcoming me on board, and Ham too, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be welcomed with uh, with uh, well. The many arms of me crew. Ham may take some getting used to, but they'll, the ship they'll kind get of there. Like creaks a little bit as a you know, Ham kind of just like he's trying to find find his little bearings on the board <laughs> of the ship. <laughs> and really a seven foot tall black clad kind of like hunched figure with like long sort of claws, just looking around with like little bright sort of like eyes, which the light behind the um the glass of the little mask um seems to be just be like shuttering slightly as it as he's just turning his head around to look um <laughs> deal with that crew i guess <laughs> um um yeah tibble uh he uh i guess he'd look around and see who exactly is on the deck aside from um, himself, Neris, who would have been with the boats, Ham and Rue. Uh, is it most of the crew or specific members of the crew particularly? Or uh, At this point in time, it probably would be most of the crew um, as there'd be some com- coming in and out um, as there's, there's a bit of... Uh, hustle and bustle with getting supplies and stuff uh, in place, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Tibble would probably call out to mm, who would have a good uh, rapport who would feasibly be on on deck. Um, He'd probably call out to 
well, let's say bones. And he'd be like, bones, come here a moment. I'd like you to meet Rue. Uh, Rue is going to be a guest in addition to uh, Eldon, who was our, uh, well, who we went to rescue, I suppose. Can you get the word around? Of course. Wonderful. Uh, also, Rue's companion, Ham, will also be joining us. Uh, is Rue, is there anything the crew members should be aware of with Ham? Like, is there anything Ham doesn't like or any, like, I, I'm not too familiar with pets myself, but I do know that sometimes they have certain feeding schedules and, you know, not to give them snacks if their owner's going to feed them or dietary requirements. That's what Well, Ham sort of likes eating everything, but I usually just feed him trash or meat if I get some. Um, or fish, of course. He'll probably eat whenever he feels like it, but um, he might have to be a bit more careful, of course, being on board. So I'm sure it will be fine, though. The crew are safe to approach him and feed him if they wish? I would do so with great caution. <laughs> so that's a no, then. Ham's not dangerous, though. What's a yes, then? A maybe, perhaps. Bones, if you can tell the crew that they can cautiously, if they wish, feed trash, fish, or things that they don't want to be eaten to young Mr. Ham. Perfect. Um, that will be excellent. And if anyone has questions about Ham, come to me? Come to Rue? Rue, are you comfortable taking questions from strangers? Of course. I am always happy to answer questions or to assist with him, of course. Is there someone that we can stay or will we be stationary on the deck? I know, of course. I'll show you to your uh, guest cabins. It might be a bit of a squeeze for young Ham. We may have to clear uh, the way a little. Every time he has to come and go from your rooms, but that is fine. It's the, the crew are used to the quirks of this ship. Uh, Ham can make up here. for my stature, I guess. Uh, Good. Well, yes, I appreciate so, it. And I'm uh, sure you do too, don't you, Ham? <laughs> I think that means yes. Ah, good lad, Ham. <laughs> and Jubal once again reaches up and like pats maybe an ankle or a <laughs> flank or just whatever he can reach on yeah. Ham. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all right, you catch all that, Bones. Hi. Wonderful. Uh, if you can pass oh, the word around. Yeah. Um, and also, has Elden been shown... The ship, everything, everything he needs. I have not yet. 
Ah, Eldon didn't know you were on deck. <laughs> You're finding it to your liking. It looks sufficient, yes. Well, I was just about to give young Rue and uh, Mr. Ham the tour. Would you care to join us? I would be delighted. Wonderful. Uh, Neris. Captain. Is everything all good with supplies and the sort? Do you need me assistance or anything? Thank you, Captain. I believe um, <clears throat> Miss Fancira and I will make sure that everything is up to standards. Perfect. Uh, I'll talk to you later, Neris. Captain. And he will just give him a nod and he's like, clasps his hands and he's like, right, well then. <laughs> Once again, welcome to the Polaris. Uh, I hope you enjoy your stay. If anyone's rude to you or mean to you, apologies. Um, but they're a pretty good crew, so you probably bothered them first. So just come to me with any of that. Um, they most likely will, so... Don't pull off us. see. Oh, Rue, I... You'll be fine. I was mostly talking to Mr. Ham there. You'll behave yourself, won't you, Ham? I think that means yes. Ah, good lad. And he will, like, his eyes, like, very quickly shift to Eldrin, Eldrin and back. He's like, right, yes, okay. So, uh, we are, of course, on the main deck here. Uh, as you can see, up there... Sorry. <laughs> Apologies, that's me. It feels a little bit ridiculous doing this and uh, presenting this to no one, but that's just because yeah. I am not of the theatre. So, um, <laughs> listeners, please enjoy uh, the theatre of the mind um, <laughs> as I peruse a map and explain it to fictional characters. <laughs> mm. A map that oh. still has a few minor errors in it as far as labelling. <laughs> Uh -oh. <laughs> I think it, it's just—it's just what it's only like certain types of quarters being mismarked as other types of quarters. So. <laughs> oh, that'll be just uh, Rue kind of like is like sort of again crouching around a little bit more, looking very curiously around as um, table displays, like is gesturing grandly around at this ship and like the the, the hub of activity is the as the boat, like the ship is kind of pulling away from the waters. Um, and then just, like, looks down at Ham and then just, like, looks at Eldrin and, like, sort of nods curtly and, like, I suppose we will be guests, fellow guests on this ship. Yes. Yes, we will. Do you have a particular position that I should refer to you by? No. So just Eldrin Forbred, the explorer and stranger upon the island. Just Eldrin will do. Eldrin, I see. You study animancy, you mention. Uh, yes, among other things, but yes, uh, animancy is 
a current interest of mine. I see. And the kind of like light behind um, the glass of the um, eyes kind of just like flicker a bit. And then, and then um, Rue kind of like turns back to um, focus on Tibble as he <laughs> begins to spiel. So <laughs> as you can ship. see uh, along here on this main deck, uh, a lot of the, uh, well, I don't want to rank by importance, but we kind of have to rank by importance just based off seniority and importance you know but everyone is important i don't want anyone on this ship to think that anyone's life is more important than the others they're not but the most important people are accessible from this main deck uh so as you can see on those uh for those of you do that don't sail lift the uppy bits where we steer and then where the front of the ship is beneath those there are quarters that you can access. Now, I, of course, as the captain, know the proper names for those parts of the ship, but you'll learn them as you go along. No, that's now, fine. at the front of the ship, uh, if you go through here, and he kind of leads through and he's like, this here, and he uh, like bangs on uh, the door to his quarters. He's like, this is my quarters. Uh, I share them with my wife, who... I will introduce you two shortly, though. Mm. That's nice to hear. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rousseau's Siri. Thanks. Naughty. Congratulations. <laughs> um, oh, thank you kindly. Well, uh, she is the sun and stars to my very wavy ocean. Well, uh, <laughs> she may not be uh, the most thrilled with me when she finds out um, well about Ham really which is no trouble uh, but that's mine to worry about so if you hear yelling coming from these quarters maybe just give it until the ye yelling stops no actually you won't hear yelling hmm Knock first. If you're coming to visit me, knock first. My wife does, uh, my wife communicates using sign. She is mute. Uh, so when she yells at me, it's very loud for me, but not very loud sonically. A different song for her. I see. I wrote a beautiful way of putting it. Now, uh, across from my quarters here, you'll find uh, the meeting room. We, uh, we're not a warship, not really anyway. Uh, not unless we're getting paid to do that, but in all my years of running this ship, we have not yet, so I let's see. hope that uh, streak continues. But um, at the end here, You'll find the armory. Uh, neither of you should really need anything from there. Uh, but if you have any requisitions that you are wanting or needing, uh, speak to myself or Neris, uh, and we'll be able to see what we can do. I see. So the no. two of you are in charge of this, of collecting things. 
or duties or permissions? Well, technically, I'm in charge of permissions, and Neris is in charge of the collecting and distributing of things. But also, Neris is somewhat equally in charge of permissions, to an extent. I've got the top call, but I also appreciate the word of my crew. And Neris generally knows a lot more about the aspects of his job than I do, so I feel like it's not fair if it's just, I say this and that's what happens, you know? That makes sense. A sort of partnership. I a partnership. Is it business? Is it business only? Or do you care for him? I mean, I care for him, but it, uh, I mean, I'm married, and my wife and I, while we've had conversations, Nurse oh, is more you. like a, in a familial sort of, uh, I do care for the lad. Don't get me wrong. I meant platonically, although this also tells me a lot of information, so thank you. Right. Well, if we reach the other side of this main deck, you will find the other senior officer's quarters. Uh, now, I will ask, while my quarters are a closed open door, don't bother uh, my senior officers, please. Uh, unless they are out and about, if they are retired to their quarters, unless you have explicit permission from them, please uh, respect their privacy. I believe it wouldn't have to be something that I have to ask, but communicating healthy boundaries is, of course, part of running a very good ship. Are you listening, Ham? <laughs> I think that means yes. Yeah, Ham. Just be sure to ask permission before uh, heading into, well, any of my senior officer's rooms. Um, it, it may seem that one is currently, well, there is one that is technically not in use, but it is in use. Um, and while you wouldn't have a senior officer to ask permission of, I would uh, ask that neither of you venture into those quarters. Um, unless you have my explicit permission. All right, ask your captain. Any gestures to the door that um, would have been to Janice's quarters and does like a sad little knock on it. It's like, hey, anyway, down we go. <laughs> and he uh, leads them down to the uh, first level below deck. <laughs> like, Excellent. right. So as you can see, here is the mess. Uh, this is the common area of the ship where most of the crew will come to enjoy themselves. Across here, you'll see the hold, uh, as well as, of course, the privy for your business. And uh, next to the privy, we have the medical cabin. Um, so Sia, 
who is our medical officer in charge. Uh, she can see to any needs or uh, magical medical requisitions that you may need, so... I see. Is she also a medic or a doctor? She's, uh... She's something. Hmm. You'll, you'll understand when you meet her. She's a little... <sighs> she's... How do I explain? I mean this with the utmost respect for her as a professional and as a co-worker. She's very spiritual and that is something that comes across in all aspects of her life, including uh, her presence physically being separate from where she is mentally sometimes. I but rest assured, no one, she's very good at her job. As long as she can provide comfort, I'm sure she's doing a very good job. I, I wouldn't say that too loud around Alton, though. Yes, he does appear to have some sort of concern with this. I, well... And um, as he kind of walks through, he uh, starts leading towards the guest cabins. It's like, as he's inching past the kitchen, he kind of um, like, ah, Kara, my sun and stars, ah, moon of my life. Have you met our guests? And Kara, uh, who would have certainly heard by now of the large mm -hmm. metal? What is what is yeah. hair made of? Metal? Yeah, pretty much. The yeah. large metal dog, quote unquote, <laughs> that is now boarded, uh, just crosses her arms and looks down at Tibble because she stands above him by two feet. And she looks down at him and has just this stone expression. Um, and if anyone was around who knows, uh, who has been sailing with the captain for long, knows that this is not often how Carl would look at Tibble. And so this is very rare. And Tibble kind of shrinks shorter than his um, one-foot stature. Like, well, dear, I can see you're very busy in the kitchens. It won't take very long. Uh, this is Rue. Uh, and uh, Rue, you would notice that as um, Tibble starts talking to Kara, he starts making gestures and movements uh, with his hands. And um, when he says Rue, he spells out Rue in sign. Um... And Kara looks and spells out Rue and then um, she kind of points to herself and spells out Kara in sign. He's like, ah, she's, um, she's teaching her her name. That's I how see. you sign Kara. With hand, that makes sense. I, 
If ah, uh... yes, it would be difficult to interpret otherwise, considering. And like the roots, like kind of little pointed fingers, sort of like gesture to no visible mouth, no visible facial features. And then yeah. they kind of just like crouched it, hunched down a bit more, and then try to make the movements that Kara made. But it was probably just very strange. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's very simple and she might repeat them a few times. And she also um, does the same with Eldrin. Um, and you'll notice that her demeanor completely changes when she's talking to yourself and Eldrin, um, as opposed to when she was looking at Tibble, where she's very, like, does not seem harsh or upset with either of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's very warm, um, at least in her demeanor and she signs a couple of things and Tibble, um, will translate. He's like, she, uh, she's saying welcome aboard. And, and then he blushes really red and he's like, love, do I really have, <laughs> she also says, don't let my idiot husband get you into much trouble. Interpret that as you will. Uh, Dearest, this is also Ham. And he gestures to where Ham is most likely (laughs) sitting like a foot away, (laughs) maybe getting some attention from from some of the crew that are uh, in the mess hall. (laughs) And Kara looks at Ham, looks at Tibble, looks back at Ham and just shakes her head and raises her hands and just walks back into the kitchen. Um, and assuming Alton is back in the kitchens, um, you would, and if you're watching her, you would see her sign some things at Alton, then shake her head and scribble some things down rapidly on this notebook and like pass them across to Alton. <laughs> And is throwing, like, glares at her husband. It's like, mm. oh, This seems well, to be going well. She's a sweetheart. Honestly, she is. But um, I'm in trouble. And that's fine. Do you require assistance? No, not at all. Sometimes that's half the fun of it. Oh, this is a fun sort of trouble you enjoy, then. No, I just... If there is anyone in the world that I like to be in trouble about, it's her. It's, it's... I'm learning a lot about you, Mr. Tibble. Don't know how you're interpreting that. Neldrin, you've been awful quiet, and I don't like that quite either. I'm just observing for now. Ooh. Hi. I think I may have picked up little bits and pieces of the language. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure my wife would appreciate any, uh, even attempts at yes. communication, yes. uh, in her language. Uh, so. Yes. Um, I think it is, it does seem to be different to any other ones that I've studied, but I have encountered other, um, sign-based languages in my prior studies. Mm-hmm. I well, uh, different sign languages are like different yes. regional languages. They yes. just... There are some similarities, but yes. I'm so, sure with your knowledge, you'll be able to pick them up. Yes, yes. Usually, um, much like our own 
spoken languages have uh, certain uh, certain representation uh, representative uh, sounds matching the sound to the physical attribute of an object um, a lot of sign languages tend to do similar things with a lot of words so it's usually you can usually pick up one or two basic things. The mastery is uh, tricky. I'm going to be honest with you, Eldrin. You said a lot of pretty words there, and some of them I know the meaning of. But my translation of which is that you and my wife shall communicate quite swimmingly. Anyway, behind the mess here are the guest quarters. Uh, well, two of them. There is another one on the lower decks. Uh, if you would both prefer to be further away, or if one of you prefers to be more isolated, that's down in the hold, uh, the lower hold, uh, across from the uh, secondary armory. But it is less social, so if you're wishing to sort of fill a part of the crew or at least try to get to know some of them, and if you like a shorter walk to breakfast or the privy, uh, this is the best spot. Kind of gestures to the two things. It's right. like the one on... Uh, Oh, my own brain is failing me. Which, which one's left? Is it Starboard or Port? No! No, I should know this. People could just point to the one that he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> this um, one is this? The one on this side is the larger cabin. Um, now, Eldrin, as much as, as our honoured guest, our honoured short-term guest, and of course one of such importance as much as I would like to offer you this cabin first. Uh, Rue will be sharing with the larger guests. I understand. Yes. You don't need to explain it. So, uh, Rue, if you would like one of the, uh, well, one of the closer to the mess rooms, this one would most likely be most suitable for yourself and Ham. That is especially kind. Not at all. <laughs> Rue kind of like pokes the little beaky head around to like look at um, look at the sort of area and kind of like size everything up, and then just looks at Tibble. May I go inside? I, of course. Um, so I can imagine that the guest room, um, and they're all most likely dressed quite similar, unless Darby, you had a specific idea for them uh, and how they appear or? No, that they would be dressed quite similarly. Um... Yeah. So, um, there would be a simple, but comfortable, um, double bed, uh, a lot of the, sort of adornments, stuff like pillows and comforters and comforts um, would be in similar colours to colours that you would see upon the Polaris. So lots of uh, um, sky blues and golds. Um, 
and along with the bed there would be a large chest for any belongings as well as a bolted robe um so the robe would be bolted to the side of the ship to stop from any uh sea accidents um and there would also be just a bit of a sitting area so a comfortable bolted lounge um with a small bolted down table um for and a desk in the corner for any works that may need to be done may need doing um and you would also notice a few porthole windows um and by a few i mean two um there'd be one towards the end of the ship and one on the side um giving you a nice view of the ocean yeah no um we're just like it's very 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 quiet and again like the like sort of lamps behind uh the like glass of their masks just kind of keeps flickering as they're looking around almost like it's like that's what they're taking in of the other whole area um and then they turn to ham and be like well ham this is where you're staying for a while remember what i said you can't dig while we're here Yes, that's right, uh, young Mr. Ham. It would be much appreciated if you didn't dig, or we'll all be in the drink. And I don't think that many of us would like that. (laughs) Now, if there's anything additional at all that you need to be comfortable, or for Ham to be comfortable, please let me know. Uh, I will note that the galley is across the hall, uh, next door to the other guest room. If we can keep Ham out of there so that young Alton does not, uh, well, string me up by my little furries, uh, that would be appreciated. I will do my best. Thank you again for your hospitality. Of course. Uh, Rune nods their head at Tibble. Would you? All seven feet up, (laughs) stooping a little bit to fit into the space. There is the lower decks, but they're quite basic. Not much to see. Would would you like me to leave you to get settled? Now show uh, Eldrin to whichever quarters he chooses. That would be quite good. I appreciate you showing me around. I hope you reconnect well with your crew, and everyone will be pleased and happy again soon. I, I hope so too. But uh, any time, Rue. Just if you need anything, let me know. And Rue nods um, and looks around. All right, well, it's not a big space, Ham, but we can make a do. Let's see if we can move some things. <laughs> just starts, like, shunting <laughs> stuff aside a little bit. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> now, and as he steps out into the hallway, Tibble's like, Now, Eldred, um, I understand with uh, the nature of... Well, your study and your work, if you would prefer the lower deck. Yeah, yes, that would be greatly appreciated. I had a feeling. Thank you. And uh, Tibble shows him down to the lower deck quarters. Um, like, there ain't a view here, unfortunately. You're uh, 
surrounded by the drink, but, um, well, it's a short walk up to the upper decks, so. If you need anything at all, Eldrin, please let me know. Thank you. Um, now, is there anything more to the tour, or...? Oh, just we... these lower decks, we just have the hold and the secondary armory. Once again, okay. please uh, talk to either myself or Neris if you need to requisition anything in the armory. Uh, don't trouble yourself if you see members of my crew going in and out. Uh, they most likely have permission. Uh, no need to report it to me. Hmm. We've got it covered. <laughs> Not saying that you're the type to snitch or anything. That's not what I meant by Noted. that. Noted. Noted. All right. Well, I suppose I'll leave you to it. Um, and Tibble just kind of raps awkwardly on the um, like doorway of the room. Mm. He's like, ah, enjoy your uh, rest, study. Bye, Eldred. All right. And he scampers back up to the upper yeah. decks to do his captain jobs. around your finger really tightly and then you unwrap it and all the blood is like on the finger it's crazy